It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. It's here. It is game day eve, if you will, as Auburn football begins their season tomorrow. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas. Hello, Pappas. Hello, hello, hello. And we are joined by Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for another Ferg Friday. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are y'all? I'm good. I am good. Uh, Pappas, are you good? You seem good. I'm doing great. Sweet. Doing great. Sweet. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They have extra fetchers on call this weekend. So for all of you folks that are uh, maybe you're listening to this on the way in town, I hope you are. I think that'd be awesome. Very festive. But they've got fetchers on call ready to help out all of you guys. The 10 off promos for this week, 10OFF for your promo code um, for $10 off your order, 30, uh, 30 bucks or more at Charlie's Family Kitchen. Panda Cuisine, and Big Blue Bagel. Uh, you can use the app to avoid long lines, save time. You know They'll deliver to your restaurant or Airbnb. So be sure to check that out. And also you can use promo code ZAC20, Z-A-C-2-0, for your first delivery free. So at our, our weekly press conference with Gus, I feel like we learned more on Tuesday from a Malzahn presser than, um, than anyone I can remember in recent memory. Yeah, I, I feel like just with the weirdness of this offseason, we haven't had quite as many of these. So yeah. it was like, all right, now you're finally in game week mode. Things start to get unleashed a little bit. And uh, yeah, between that and between what he said on Tuesday and uh, you know the depth chart coming out, uh, learned a ton. Learned a ton, learned a ton about this team as they go into Kentucky on Saturday. So what stood out to you the most when you look at this depth chart? Um, and I'm going to lump the injuries. Did, did you know about the injuries with OC Brothers and Romello Height? That was new, right? Uh, height I knew about. Okay. OC Brothers I was not 100% sure about. I know I hadn't heard about him a ton. I knew I knew Height was dealing with something. Right, yeah, because the, the thing with Brothers is <clears throat> I've been kind of high on him and projecting that fourth running back spot. Right. And I'm like, why are none of the guys talking about him? Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to point out, um, I never thought OC Brothers was going to play running back. Only Zach thought that. Did I say running back just now? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I guess I'm contradicting myself. But yeah, so I, I thought he was going to be that fourth linebacker, um, especially with you know some opt-outs and all of that. So I think that's, that was interesting. But to me, the biggest takeaway is a redshirt freshman starting on the defensive line. Oh, yeah. And, and not only starting on the defensive line, but starting at a position that I don't think anybody was 100% sure he was at. I know Kevin Steele had said a couple of weeks ago that he was working some on the inside. But the fact that Colby Wooden has gotten that much bigger. And look, I I, I think in a, in a normal season or maybe in a normal spot, you could probably keep him at, at defensive end. But this is a way to get him on the field more if, yeah. he, if he can handle it. Just because you got Big Cat Brian and Derek Hall and TD Moultrie and Jaron Handy, you know, all kind of established in, de- in varying degrees at defensive end. Uh, yeah, Kobe Wooden. I mean, we have really since the bowl game, mm-hmm. like bowl practices, he has been a hot name uh, for development. And I mean, I keep going back to the to the fact that Clemson like wanted him super super badly yeah. uh, on their defensive line, and that says something. They don't they don't usually miss very t- <laughs> very much on the uh, on, on defensive line evaluation. Well, the fact that he beat out. 
Daquan Newkirk. Yeah. I think that's kind of a, a story as well. Yeah, and, and, and like we had heard that, you know, some of the JUCOs at, at a lot of these positions – it had been such a weird year that they weren't quite catching on as like starter options, but like we had heard really good things about Marquise Burks and, and Dre Butler. That but you know, they're behind a true freshman, Zakevius Walker, who's yeah. now backing up Truesdale. Yeah, and so I mean, I think that just goes to show you the talent they've brought in on this defensive line. Uh, this young talent is, I mean, it speaks for itself in, in, in the development. Um, and a guy like Zakevius Walker uh, gets a little bit of an edge because he's yeah. been he's been around for a while. He's an early enrollee. Tell us what you know about Jalen Simpson. A few weeks ago, you started hearing the hype. You started hearing the names like, hey, yep. there's a chance here. Um, I didn't buy it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still thought it would be Domeo or Pritchett. Uh, but obviously, here we are. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Simpson is a starter with Nehemiah Pritchett at two, and then Marco Domeo at three. There's no there's no or there. So that seems to be the pecking order. What are you hearing about this guy? Just a, a freak athlete. Um, he was, you know, he played, you know, in in high school, played on both sides of the ball. He was a really, really effective, um, you know, playmaker, uh, played several different sports it's just his his athleticism really really stands out and he's a he's a bigger guy um what what is he listed at right now um on the on, on this he is six foot 171 yeah so i he's mean a redshirt freshman yeah so i mean a little a little bit taller um but you know he's a, he's a guy that i think has all the athletic skills in the world to be you know like what we saw in in, in a guy like noah Ibanagani, you know not a not not too long ago um, just focusing in on one position, focusing in at, at cornerback, you can see him. I think his development really take off. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot to like about his potential in the in this system, just because he's got great speed, he's got great explosiveness uh, and agility. Um, that I think he's going to be a really good corner in time for Auburn, and and obviously Kevin Steele thinks he's the best option right now. Yeah. So while we're talking about corners, um, and and, and the size of corners. It is crazy, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's the size of Auburn's Auburn's cornerbacks are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for especially for college corners. I mean the the guys playing in the slot um, at, at nickel are five eleven, five eleven, and five ten, and then every single other cornerback listed on this depth chart is six foot or six one. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that goes back, uh, Michael, to kind of what we've seen from Kevin Steele in this defense for a while now. They want bigger corners. You think of Jamel Dean and how huge he was, Carlton Davis as well. They like having these guys because in the SEC, you're going to get big matchups at wide receiver, and you don't want to get bullied. Um, you know, having that speed and, and all that is great, uh, but, you know, you got to be physical to play in the SEC, especially on the outside. Um, so it is, it is another, you know, step I think in that that direction that Auburn wants to go to and I know you're talking about corners but the other one to point out there is man Jamie Sherwood's huge now like, mm-hmm. like he is he is a he's a big guy and so I think at every position in that secondary they, they're getting that size they can keep that athleticism over athleticism over with it I think it's perfect for the amount of physical receivers you're going to get in the in the SEC all right Ferg I've got a list of questions specifically for you we'll oh, jump wow. on that in uh in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. You can use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off 
at BuiltBar.com. They have all kinds of flavors and all kinds of products to help you meet your nutritional and fitness goals. And of course, all of their bars taste absolutely delicious, covered 100% in pure, delicious chocolate with, once again, all kinds of flavors, extremely high protein, very low carb, very low calorie. And like I said, they have something uh, for you there. I guarantee it. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Justin, uh, and if you want to ask Justin a question for Ferg Fridays or ask uh, Michael or I or, or me your question for uh, you know just your, your daily Daily uh, podcast listing, 205-502-4285. This says, hey, Ferg, it's not a secret. We stop the run and like (laughs) to stop the run. Pro Football Focus and other Pro Focus stat sites are really high on K.J. Britt and some others and their run-stopping ability. I see Kentucky not really as one-dimensional but limited scheme. It's like running a triple option. There are simply situations you won't succeed in because of your plan of attack. We know the Cats are going to come out and want to run the ball a lot, and there is some talent to be able to do that. Sure. I don't know how long this question was. <laughs> Am I crazy, or are people legitimately counting out Auburn? I get it. It's going to be a good game, but minus a scrub-up in 2009, I think. Kentucky hasn't beat us in this game since 1966. I don't think that starts Saturday. He's saying Auburn 31, Kentucky 28. In the first part of his text, uh, mentions a Kentucky beat writer that we had on yesterday's podcast, and right. he he picked Kentucky. Yeah. Um. So yeah, do you have any response to to that that, yeah, that text? Yeah. I, I think I think uh, it's a really good point because even when they had Terry Wilson in two in twenty eighteen, this was a very limited passing offense. They you know Wilson like completed nearly seventy percent of his passes, but averaged like six and a half yards in attempt, which tells you there's a lot of short stuff coming in there from from Kentucky. He just took care of the ball and managed the game well, and they just relied on the running game last year of course they have to go with the Lynn Bowden offense and uh, for most of the year and they're not throwing the ball whatsoever um, at a high level I think their top returning receiver has 233 yards receiving coming back and my my thing about it is is Kentucky is a is a tough tough test in the running game early that offensive line's great that those running backs are great you don't have Derrick Brown you don't have Marlon Davidson it's going to be a real challenge for the for that front seven however I feel like if you're limited, like like uh, the the listener is saying, if you're limited in one aspect of your passing uh, of your offense, Kevin Steele could eat you alive doing right. that. And that's and that's where I think where I lean Auburn in this situation. A lot's going to hinge on well, can Auburn take the steps forward they need to on offense? Can they take care of the ball? Can can they you know how does their offensive line look? But I think if this is a low scoring game, you could probably favor Auburn in this case because they're playing at home and then that defense you know as good as Kentucky's defense was last season you know Auburn's defense just has a better pedigree in in this sense Michael did you have something there um I did not I was going to um ask Ferg if he was calling me um fat because I'm bigger than Jamie and Sherwood and um, (laughs) he was like I probably am too honestly (laughs) he was like oh my god Jim and Sherwood's so big well you're not playing safety uh in in the the SEC are you Michael the last time I checked I mean I know it's I know it's been a while but 
you know, I'm allowed to have dreams too, Ferg. <laughs> uh, all right, so Justin, let me ask you this: what's the what's the worst case scenario for Auburn tomorrow? What what is like if if you're an Auburn fan watching? What's kind of the thing where it's like, oh no, this is happening? What is that? The offensive line, you can't get anything going on offense because your offensive line, that new look, a lot of pieces. I mean, even still, we don't even know who the left tackle is starting on on Saturday. We probably do, though, right? (sighs) You would imagine. Yeah. It's Troxel, right? I I mean, the fact that it's taken this long, I think it has to be there has been some absences or something up front, but, you know, especially with COVID and all that. But yeah, the fact that that it's gone this far. (laughs) There's so much uncertainty up front. It's just, you know, there's a lot of talent on this, especially skill position talent. You think Bo Nix is going to take a step forward. You think Chad Morris is the guy to kind of get it all together for Auburn. But man, that offensive line's got to got to play their play their A game because uh, this Kentucky defense, you know, they play ball control on offense and don't give up big plays. That is a formula that works a lot. Now last season they were very limited in what they could do, especially through the air with when Bowden was in the game. But like. They don't give up huge plays, even against good teams that they lost to last season. That wasn't that wasn't the, their mo whatsoever. So, yeah, I think the worst case scenario is just that Auburn's offensive line is such a mess in Week One that they have a hard time getting anything going offensively. And we know Kentucky. You know, even though I think Auburn's defense matches up, um, you know, pretty well against Kentucky. On top of that, uh, they they can hit big plays. Those are some those are some running backs that can hit the next level, and it only takes one or two to to, to really change the game. What do you make of how the wide receivers are sorted out Whew. on the depth chart? Because you've got Anthony Schwartz or Eli Stove at one of them, Flanker. and then somebody asks, like, okay, well, can they be on the field at the same yep. time? And he's like, yeah, yeah, they probably will. It's like, okay. But then you have Shedrick Jackson listed as a starter, and then Zevion Capers, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Kayla Newton, who I did not think would be in that role. So here's, here's, so here's what I think is going on here. Uh, that, that Schwartz and Stove – you know, back and forth. Both those guys have played flanker in the past, Z two, whatever you want to call it. That's the flanker. X nine split in is is what uh, Seth Williams is at. If you notice in this depth chart, unlike most years under Auburn, they only listed three wide receivers. Right. That's Th- what this isn't me. this isn't a big depth chart like they've had in the past. This is eleven on one side and eleven on the other. So I think the the slot receivers are kind of combined. That your big slot and your little slot, so to speak, are together. Shedrick Jackson's a guy who can play both. You got a guy like Xavier Capers, definitely a big slot guy. Kalen Newton, more of that little slot guy, kind of like what we've seen out of Will Hastings and dudes. Oh, okay, in the past. so so to respond to that, then mm-hmm. your ex, your Seth Williams, yep. backed up by Kobe Hudson and yep. Elijah Canyon, mm-hmm. is Kobe going to be an outside guy? I think so. Really? Did, yeah. Did we think that a, a month ago? I, I've just totally missed that. Yeah, I. You know, it's crazy how natural the wide receiver he is. By the way, <laughs> the the thing about him, the thing about him is that he can. I think you can plug him anywhere, and he can, and he's going to be able to go to work. Okay. Um, and Justin, in your opinion, why are you able to plug him anywhere? I mean, he's just one of those. He's just one of those dudes See, that because he's, he's really natural. He's, yeah, natural. Wide he's, receiver. he's a really he's a really good football player, and like his adaptability. If you look at what he did in high school, they you know they used him in a lot of different ways. Especially quarterback, and then you know, going to the wide receiver. Now um, he's just—he reminds me a lot of like—he he reminds me a lot of what, of what Matthew Hill was coming up, where it was just like, all right, just put, find a spot for him somewhere, and he's going to be able to go to work. He's a little bit bigger though. All right, another follow-up question. Finish fill in the blank for me. Kobe Hudson is a blank receiver outside. <sighs> okay, <laughs> you know, Unbelievable. I was, you know, I was going to do that. Unbelievable. You got two of them now though too. You know, you got the other Kalen as well. Kalen's a natural wide receiver as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah Justin, in your opinion, who is more natural? Uh, Kobe. Yeah. Ooh. Of course. 
No, you know the other course. the other thing the other thing I might I might I might be interested in though is just how much did Kalen uh, play catch with Cam? Like how much did he have to be the receiver for Cam growing up? I know yeah. there's a know there's a significant age gap between between those two guys, but you got to imagine that's happened a few times, right? Patriots quarterback Cam Newton can't stress number, that enough. Uh, as as I pointed out the observer this week, the number one SEC player in fantasy football for the first two weeks. Is I love Cam that. Newton. I love that. So you've been putting up some really good stuff at the Auburn Observer. Well, thank you. Yeah, you, you got your first film study up mm-hmm. there. I imagine that did pretty well. Yeah, it was it was fun getting back in the in, in the groove, and I'm looking forward to the first like post game, um, you know, film study, and we'll uh, we'll have that on Monday. Whatever happens, you know, tomorrow in this in this Auburn Kentucky game, and uh, yeah, we are we're rolling on, and uh, a lot a lot of stuff about you know, Bo Nix, and um, you know the some of the stuff we talked about about the observations from the depth chart, and we'll we'll see what all happens from from this game and. Uh, there's a pretty significant one next week too, uh, from what from what I'm hearing. I yeah, think, I think that, that, that's, that's the word on the street. I think that's a I think that's going to be a uh, a game that people are going to be interested yeah. in. Then it's like, oh, it's Arkansas. Okay, that's great. That's great. It's the it's the the bloodbath game, probably. <laughs> right. right. When you add Chad Morris, what's that going to look like? Woo! You're listening to Locked On Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've talked a lot about Kentucky's offense over the course of the offseason, and then we've talked about you know their defense in respects to what Auburn's offensive line is going to do. I mean, you, you right. mentioned that uh, just a few minutes ago. I mean, what what are the odds that, I mean, the, the guy we talked to yesterday, Dylan, who we talked to yesterday, who, who covers Kentucky, talks really highly about the experience in Kentucky's defensive backfield. Yep. I mean, what's the fan reaction going to be if like Bo Nix and the receivers just don't light it up tomorrow, yeah, it would be it would be tough because you've heard so much in the off season about how much Bo Nix has progressed. You got all that experience at receiver. This is what Chad Morris is going to do. Like Kentucky's not going to be an easy team to hit big plays on. Number two in the country last season in in, in uh, plays of twenty yards or more allowed through the air. How about that? They're a, they they don't give up big plays so. This might have to be a game where you have to to really grind it out and does that and does that fight count just net twenty yards or like the ball was in the air for twenty yards net twenty yards got it so twenty twenty yards of twenty yards or more basically the explosive play measure you would probably go with yeah. uh, for most places so yeah they they don't give up big plays they're gonna make you I mean Malzahn says and it's a cliche they're gonna make you earn it. it it is true this is not a defense that has a lot of bust potential so um, it just it might have to be a game where they have to really really grind it out and. I just think, especially with that offensive line, patience is going to have to be key with this this unit. Um, they, you know, I, I don't expect them to light it up early. Now, could they be good by the end of the year? Sure, um, but one of the things that somebody pointed out, and you can look at that depth chart. There's only two seniors on that entire offensive depth chart. Like this is a young, 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 young offense, and like this, everybody could come back next year. We know that. Um, but this has got to be a year where Auburn starts showing some progress on the offensive side of the ball. That 2021 might be the year where everything really pops off for them. But yeah, you've got to show some sort of growth. You can't be what you were last year, or you know, kind of plateau. You've got to be better. And this is the first game to to sign, kind of see what all the hype's about. Does it change anything that one of the seniors was also Bo Jackson's teammate at Auburn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have something to do with it. Okay, I'm just just curious. Um, 
I thought it was interesting on the uh, for the linebackers that Owen Papo or Chandler Wooten are listed. I'm sorry, or Zacoby McLean uh-huh. are, are are listed. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you know since the beginning of last year, Owen has been the starter, and that's been pretty obvious. Yeah. So I- like what. On a on a depth chart where Malzon uses significantly fewer ores than we're used to, mm-hmm. he feels the need to put one right there. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they really wanted to stick to it, two linebackers in this group. You know, usually they have three on there, and, and uh, McLean and Papa would be, you know, starters in that sense. Yeah, you have your middle linebacker, and your outside linebacker. Auburn's base defense is a four-two-five, um, so they are going to. Probably, you know, mix and match as much. I will say, though, in this game, you're going to see, I think, a lot of those three guys because there are going to be opportunities to put a third linebacker on the field, uh, especially with the way Kentucky wants to run the ball and kind of some of their power stuff that they like to do. Um, and not to not to bring it back up again uh, because I know it's a sore subject for, for Pappas, but, like, Jamie and Sherwood's going to come down into the box and have to have to rattle the cage a little bit. And uh, he's, he's, I mean, him being a little bit, bit bigger this year um, and, and such a good tackler as, as uh, Kevin Steele has said, I think is going to bode well for Auburn's chances to help out an already strong linebacking group against a team that's going to want to hit some big plays on the ground, especially in that zone scheme. Yeah. I mean, in your defense, Jamie and Sherwood is bigger than both Zacoby McLean and Owen Papo. So it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy how much bigger he's gotten. And uh, we heard we heard him getting compared to Isaiah Simmons a, a while back from Roger McCreary, and it was just like, oh yeah, I mean, kind of makes sense. This dude can play safety and play linebacker, and you feel really good about his his opportunities in one on one coverage if you could look, go back and look at him last season. So uh, I'm really interested to see him well, play because if he pops off. Uh, you know, he'll be. I, I think you'll be talking about him as a high draft pick next year. Like this might be it for him. All right, we're uh, we're, we're about out of time, Justin. Appreciate your time, brother. Yes, sir. Um, before uh, before we uh, we preview what all is going to be coming up at the Auburn Observer, AuburnObserver dot com. Uh, Michael, you got one more question, brother? Yeah, uh, I, I was just going to ask about some exclusions that we saw. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the the most glaring one is Harold. is Harold Joiner yeah. and, yeah. and Zach. We talked about him a little bit, but. Um, there was one true freshman wide receiver not listed. Tyler yep. Fromm not listed. Um, oh, man, I had someone else, but I lost him. But do we know anything Sawyer about, Pate. like... Sawyer Pate uh, was guess, the other one. <laughs> yeah, Sawyer Pate, obviously. I mean, so I, uh, Chael Garnett. Yeah, so I asked Gus specifically about Harold, and he said it's going to be like a not not a position but kind of a role so get ready for him to catch some passes out of the backfield again i, I guess is going to be the thing there really interested about from um uh, you've heard about him in, in camp i wonder what's kind of happening there wonder if he's one of those guys who's had to been sit, sitting out for a while those other two freshman receivers uh that are out i think it's just um you know a, a limited space i guess and, right and they wanted to go three deep there but all right uh i need to clear out the studio so real quick let's uh, let's do our <laughs> picks are you are you cool doing picks here or i'm sure you're going to do picks uh, at auburn observer I don't know if I'm going to do picks, so I'll do them here. Okay, fantastic. Go for um, it. I, I'll go first. I think Auburn wins 27 to 17. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that is my prediction, and I don't think uh, I think it's one of those things where Kentucky never really goes away. But that yeah. that is that is my pick, uh, Michael. What do you got? I will take Auburn 24 to 10. Okay. Mm. Um, the only thing I'm really confident of in my prediction is to take the under. It's at about 50. Okay. Real quick, Justin. 
I'm going to go Auburn uh, Auburn 23, Kentucky 17. Cool. How can people sign up for uh, everything you're doing, man? AuburnObserver.com. Follow me on Twitter at jferguson Like I said, it's free until next Thursday, October 1st. Fantastic. Yeah, be sure to check that out. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. All right, we'll be back on Monday to recap an Auburn football game. Oh, that'll be awesome. Right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 